I believe in prayer. And I'll tell you what, I'm never impressed with the size of a church or the size of an offering or how great the worship is or if the teaching is unbelievable. You know the secret of a church is when people get together to pray. You show me that, I'll show you the power of a church. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Join us as we continue Victor's live message on living out our faith. This week's episode picks up with the commission to stop fearing and striving for the approval of men, the power of prayer, remembering the imprisoned, and genuinely being there for those who are struggling and in need of God's help. Victor further expounds on the benefits of marriage and working through the personal struggles that can get in between healthy intimacy and so much more as we wrap up the second half of our reading from Hebrews chapter 13. Here is Victor Marks on living out our faith. It's not about what you don't have. It's about what you do have. If you focus on that, what has God given you? From personality to heart to brains to looks, spunk, right? Your life will be so much easier because just like the scripture says, you'll stop fearing men. You'll stop fearing the approval of others. So many girls give themselves to guys and because they're wanting to feel valued. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If the most valued women in the world who are most comfortable with themselves as a result of getting men were true, then hookers would be the happiest women on the face of the earth. Say amen. I can say that. My dad was a drug dealer and a pimp. <laughs> He literally was. He ran women. So I understand. I had many conversations with gals who tricked themselves out. I've had them come and live in our home with us, taking them off the streets. That's something else. <laughs> Talk about a hard ministry. Some of you guys are like, but I'm going to tell you something. This girl in that prison, I asked her, I said, I got to ask you a question. Do, do you want to give your life to Christ? you want to be delivered from this stuff? And then she looked right at me and said, No. And you have to respect a person's decision, even if it's darkness. You have to at least give them, I mean, respect for their own free will. God does. You know, it'll be like, what? You're nuts. Yeah, I just said, all right. I said, well, let me tell you, can I get people praying for you? And she goes, yeah, sure. I don't care. I said, all right. So I went back to my hotel room that night and quickly got on the email. I was like, hey, everybody, pray, because this girl, and it's like, ah, and then the pigs, are, and then, you know, and it's like, ah, and then, and then, ah. And I got people praying. I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. And I'll tell you what, I'm never impressed with the size of a church, or the size of an offering, or how great the worship is, or if the teaching is unbelievable. You know the secret of a church is when people get together to pray. You show me that, I'll show you the power of a church. Anybody heard of C.H. Spurgeon? He's considered the prince of preachers. He was in England. And I'll tell you what, this guy, thousands of people would come 
and fill what they would call the tabernacle. Thousands and thousands of people. It's unbelievable. His messages were so powerful that the local paper would print word for word his messages and put them in the newspaper so people could read them. Unbelievable. See, he's one of my favorite preachers. And you know what? When people come to take a tour of the church, he'd take them in, in, uh, before services or whatever, and he would take people in, and he'd say, I'm going to show you the power of our church. Because they were like, how do you do this? This is unbelievable. He said, come on, I'll show you. He said, I'm going to take you to the furnace. And they go down, and all of a sudden there's this huge room. And he opened the door, and there were tons of people praying. Praying for him while he preached, praying for the church, praying for fruit. He said, this is where it happens. He said his part was easy. This part is hard. And you want to see revival? You want to see Christians be set on fire? Start praying. And don't worry about other people. I heard it said, hey, if you want to see something happen, just draw a circle. Light yourself on fire. People come see you just to burn. I mean, you know, it's like, what's up with that person? They are so on fire for God. That's revival when you get on fire. Not just other people, but you. Your life changes. You're doing stuff. You're affecting people in a positive way. Well, the next day I came into that youth facility, and the guard goes, she wants to see you. I was like, is it, okay, is it her? Or is it, mm-hmm. He said, no, it's her. I said, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. All right, let me go see her. I went over there. She's at her cell. I said, uh, hey. She goes, hi. She goes, I'm so glad you came back. I was like, yeah. Uh, she goes, I slept the best I've slept in years. I said, wow, that's cool. I said, you know, I have people praying for you. She goes, well, it felt good. I said, well, let me ask you. I'm going to just cut right to it. I don't have a lot of time. I said, is today the day you want to give yourself to Christ? She said, let me ask you a question first. I've never had anybody say that. I said, all right. She goes, if I give myself to the light, which is what she called Christ's light because she knew darkness. She goes, are you Christians going to forget about me? Because she said, He'll come back for me. Oh, I was like, whoa. And it really made me think, man, will we forget? Do we forget about somebody who, I said, I give you my word. I will never forget you. And I'll even tell other people about you. Her name is Christy. Christy with a K. And Christy, (laughs) when I prayed with her, little bitty thing, I said, well, let's pray. She goes, okay. And she actually, her, her little hands grabbed my hand. I said, let's hold hands. And her hands actually just grabbed my three fingers like this, like a little kid. And I just said, okay. Start praying. I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, we bind every darkness, every foul spirit. And when I said that and invoked the name of Jesus, her body arched up. Everything got tight. I mean, she started squeezing my hands with strength like you can't believe. It was like she was a world champion you know, cow milker or something. It was like, I was like, oh, oh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for today. And I mean, I, I prayed faster. And Lord, just help us go. And boom, and let go. Body went limp. And the biggest tears you ever seen started hitting her pants, her orange jumpsuit. She was delivered. She was filled with God's spirit. And y'all, that girl ended up getting out of prison and has never returned. And she's older now. She's like 22, I think, now. How do I know? Because I gave her my cell phone. 
Every once in a while I get a call, hey, Pappy, it's Christy. I said, what's up, girl? The last time I was like, hey, I'm going to be evicted if I don't come up with rent. And, you know, because she never asked me for money for years. She goes, I said, I'm really in a bad spot. They say, anyway, you can help. I was like, yes. Just like my other kids. So pray for Kissy when you remember her. He goes on to say, remember the prisoners as though you were in prison. We've shared and talked about that. Remember those who are mistreated as though yourselves were suffering in bodily form. You guys, people who are abused are mistreated. It's a very sad thing. I was abused as a kid. It's one of the things that warped my mind. I had to get therapy. I had 123 visits in nine months. I started drugs in the sixth grade. I switched to pharmacy drugs. The, the, the psychiatrist put me on. I was on Depakote, Depakine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar. They said I was bipolar. They gave me a label. They said, i never forget the doctor said, Victor, your mind will never fully function. And in the true sense of rebellion, I went, well, doctor, my mind never functioned anyway. She's like, yeah, that's good. And you know what? I'm living proof that God can unscramble eggs, no matter your background. And my background was tough. It was not good. I was left for dead at five years old in a commercial cooler by a child molester, of which my family caught him and eventually hung him and come down before he died. I know it's like to be dunked in a tub till I passed out. I was electrocuted as a kid. I had a gun held to my head. You know why I done that gun technique? For that reason. I had a stepfather pull a gun on me and hold it into my head. Pull the hammer back. I could see the rounds. He would tap me in the side of my head. I said, boy, if you ever tell anybody what I've done, he said, I'll, I'll blow your brains out and tell the police you shot yourself. So I was driven as a kid. One day, one day, ain't nobody else going to mess with me. I don't care. Especially if they got a gun. I'm going to get that gun. And that's why, that's why it's funny. I hold the world record right now for the world's fastest country song. So God can even redeem that. See? But I'll tell y'all, be kind to people who have suffered. Be kind to people with mental illness. Ask God for grace. And it's not just in mental health hospitals. It's here. It may be your spouse who struggles with insecurity, with fear with anxiety, with panic attacks. Man, be there for them. Ask God to help you be what they need because that's one of the reasons why I put you together. Marriage, verse 4. Marriage must be respected by all and the marriage bed kept undefiled. I like marriage. I made a post. I actually said on Facebook, the best compliment I've ever got by a woman on Facebook. And I think we've got Holly, I think we've got 18,000 followers on Facebook right now. But the best compliment I ever got from a woman, she said, Victor Marks is very married. I was like, yeah. And uh, I'll just say it one time. Sexual intimacy. Relationship. That is a gift from God. Not only for procreation, but for pleasure. It's, there's healthy benefits. It helps the immune system. It, there's all kind of benefits. Okay, there's all kind of benefits. But you know what's so funny is this world 
and all its music and movies and it's all about hit that boom yeah ah sleep bam 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 you know friends with benefits what what and nothing emotional right yeah yeah and then when it comes time for marriage it's like the enemy it's the complete opposite thing do not once a year is good you had a child that's enough look here I no. I told my kids growing up, I said, look here, you're going to come a place, all the music thing, people are going to talk about it. I said, hey, you come to dad, I'm a sex expert. I am a certified sex expert. I've had five kids. I get this. I've been married for years. I said, don't listen to some high school friend who punk who don't know nothing. They're like, wow. Let me tell you something. Do not let the enemy rob you, husband and wives, of a wonderful gift. You may need to work some some stuff. Some of you may have a background of abuse, so therefore, when it comes time for intimacy, you're very uncomfortable. You don't feel safe. You have flashbacks. That's a very real deal. Some of you gals, you know, you don't want to be close to your husband because you just, you don't feel good about yourself. Change that. Change that to where you feel and you go, I am desirable. I am desirable. But look at me. Do not let the enemy rob you of that. And men... Don't you let porn get in your life and ruin your physical relationship with women. Porn's not even real. I know people that are in the industry, one of the highest suicide rates, drug rates. It's not real. Do you understand? It's all crazy demonic fantasy. And y'all, we live in a world and a society that's, that's going down. You're going to have to stand for what's right. I'll never forget going into the library years ago when they first started getting those computers. I walked into the library with my family. When I walked in, there was a guy looking at viewing porn on a computer right there in the library. I remember walking by and you could see it. I was like, I was stunned. I mean, I was like, what the heck? And my wife goes, what's wrong? I said, that guy, I'm going to do more right there. I was, like, I was like, okay, I'll be right back. My wife's like, honey, honey. Be spirit-led. Spirit-led. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm being led. Hang on. I walked over there, I tapped them on his back and said, hey, man. They're like, what? I said, dude, what are you doing? What are you, don't be looking at porn here, man. There's women and children. I just bought my family. Man, get out of here. You know what he said? He had the evil audacity to say, it's a public place. I can do what I want. And he went back to it. And I'm, I'm not a good arguer. I don't argue good. So I just kind of walked away. Man, why well, can't but I, I stood over for a minute. I thought, I'm going to go back again. <laughs> so I go back again. Kind of like Columbo. Hey, one more thing. I said, hey, what? I said, I'm serious, man. You need to get out of here. This is horrible. I mean, if you're going to do your, do it at home. He said, leave me alone. I can do what I want. This is a public place. So I backed up. My wife said, my wife is praying. She's going, oh, God, don't hit this. Don't punch this dude, honey. You know, I just said, I'm not going to hit him. I said, hey, attention, everybody. Could I have y'all's attention, please, for a minute? The library is a public place, and uh, I can do what I want, so I'd like to make an announcement. That dude right there is a pervert, and he's looking at pornography right there, right there. Everybody started looking at him. He goes, he shut his thing, grabbed his stuff, and he ran out the door. I was like, yeah, get out of here. And everybody started clapping. 
Josiah was like, now believe me, I want to see this guy free. I ain't judging him in a bad way, but I am judging him for doing it in front of women. You know, that's nuts, man. If you struggle, man, get some help. But what the heck? Bed, keep it undefiled and enjoy. Enjoy. That's a special thing no one else can partake of. Nothing, nobody else. Well, we end with this. God will judge the immoral people and adulterers. And you know what? There is a judgment coming. We serve a loving Heavenly Father, but He's just. And there are people who are living immoral. You shouldn't judge them in a bad way because God's going to judge them one day if they never repent. And those people will not enter heaven. They will go to hell. There is no other way. It's what the Bible says. I don't care what your philosophy is in life. If it goes against what the Bible says, you're wrong. God's right. It's like the word says, every man be a liar. God is true. And it should break your heart when people are struggling and go, you don't have to be there. Please, please. Hmm. Well, he ends by saying, your life should be free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Please don't ever let money be your aim, your chief in life, your pursuit. And it doesn't matter if you're trying to make $15,000 or $15 million. Don't let that be your passion. Let God Almighty be your passion. He'll provide for you, right? Don't compromise to get. Just let your needs be known to God, and He will take care of you. We're in ministry. We lead by faith every month. I left the business world in Hawaii making a ton of money, suffering for the Lord. We go on ministry. Do you know every month we live by faith? Every month. And I have a staff of six. That's crazy. You know why? We live by faith. We've been doing it 10 years. I love it. I love it. God says, be obedient to me. I will take care of you and your staff because you're doing what I want. Okay, Lord. And I'll end with this story on money. Someone set up an appointment for us to meet with people who had the potential to support the ministry in a uh, sizable way. So I went and met with these people. And I, and I, don't, I don't like to talk about money, so I just shared the passion we got in these people. They were only going to give us 20 minutes. They said, you have 20 minutes to visit with us. Our schedule's tight. So it ended up being two hours. God's Spirit really came. They heard the heart of God and what he was doing. And they looked at me and said, Victor, when you fly back, Send us your wish list for what your needs are. We'd like to help out. My friend who was with me, who had got the appointment, he was like, that's good. I'm all, great. We flew back. I'm telling you, by the time I got back, I heard the Spirit of God tell my heart, don't send them anything. Don't tell them. I was like, well, I'll rebuke that thought right now. What the heck? I was like, Lord. And we had an immediate need. I mean, we needed $30,000. We had a, our staff, our fund. We needed, I was like, but Lord. And so finally, I told my wife, I said, I feel like the Lord's saying, don't, don't even do nothing. She goes, well, then don't. That's my wife. She's like, what? The God's like, shut up. Faith, faith, Victor. I'm like, aren't you, you're a woman. You're supposed to be like, oh, the mess. We, She goes, God's never failed us. Well, I told my staff, 
And the, even the guy who introduced us said, felt like the Lord said to them, and they're like, you're crazy, boss, in a nice way. Are you sure? I said, I'm not going to go against my conscience when I feel like God said. That's it. And then my friend told me, he said, it's even going to be rude, Vic. You're bordering on being rude, not responding to these people. I said, well, I don't know. Maybe they're drug dealers. I don't know. Well, you know, laundered in my eye. Well, I didn't. Guess what? A couple of weeks passed, a couple more weeks. All of a sudden, we got a little envelope in the mail, little little bitty envelope. These people normally give out of their foundation, which are big, long checks, right? So I was like, foundation check? Oh, no personal one. I went, my friend said, they're going to give you gas money, buddy. That's it. That's just a, to tell you don't ever visit with us again. I said, well, I don't care. I don't care. I was obedient to God. That's all that matters. I'll not chase the money, man. No. And I opened that thing up. I pulled out the check. I looked at it. And I went, oh, what a blessing. And he goes, see, I told you. I said, yeah, I handed it to him. He looked at it. It was a quarter of a million dollars from their personal account with just a smiley face on it, not even a note. I was like, man, you lack faith. <laughs> and my wife, my wife, you know, you think she'd be like, ah, she goes, oh, that's great. Hey, what are we going to, okay, let's kill a fatted calf or something. She's like, God said he'll be faithful. And he always is. Don't make money your pursuit. Follow him, obey him. You got a business? Trust God, tithe off that business. The most successful people I've seen in business tithe off their business. Regardless of what, they're faithful to give. Watch what God does. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.